Grand Canyon, where hidden forces shape our ideas, beliefs, and experiences. And experiences. Join us as we uncover the stories between the canyon's colorful walls. Probe the depths and add your voice. Add your voice for what happens, what happens next. next at Grand Canyon. At Grand Canyon. Welcome. Okay. This is Jessica. Right? This is Emily. And this is and this. this is behind the scenery. Hi, this is Ranger Hannah. I'm Jesse. Hannah, when you visit a national park or a new place, um, how do you like to like commemorate that? I mean, if I could, I would definitely try plants. <laughs> But what I typically do is a sticker and add it to my water bottle or my truck or my laptop trying to find that special place. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, like stickers are a, a, a nice way for a lot of people to take a piece of their experience home with them. Um, that's not illegal or damaging to the environment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even though that flower would be really pretty pressed and dry. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know. It, it's for science, but it's really for you. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, no, the stickers are nice. Um, I think my, my favorite sticker I have uh, commemorates last season on the North Rim. It's uh, maybe you've seen it. It's a Kaibab squirrel. So like the squirrel that only lives here on the on the North North Rim of Grand Canyon, um, the dark body, bright white, bushy tail. And in the sticker, it says North Rim 2020. And the squirrel's tail is on fire because we had a massive wildfire and it's wearing a mask. Um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, do you have a favorite, like a favorite sticker or like memory like that? I mean, I have tons of sticker memories. That's why yeah. I collect my stickers, like all of my stickers, especially in my red hydro flask. I have a story of how I got into the park service and oh, okay. how yeah. I figured out what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I've been admiring your, your stickers on your hydro flask all season. Um, so maybe we can get into it a little bit and you can tell me kind of your story through the stickers of your water bottle. Yeah. Um, one, I think that's important to start with is the national park geek one. Uh-huh. It's a common sticker that most park gift shops have. And it has the Teddy Roosevelt glasses along with the ranger like hat. Cause Teddy helped create the park service system and got that up and going. And I like that one because most people identify with that one when they come to the parks. They're like, yeah, I love the parks. I want to support it. So I commonly see it like on my water bottle and other people's vehicles. And I've seen many different formats of the sticker. Sometimes it's pink. Sometimes it's all green. Sometimes it's a white silhouette on a vehicle. So it's interesting seeing how different parks decide to buy this sticker and what different ways visitors want to show that they're a part of supporting the parks. What was your introduction to national parks? Like, how did you become a national park geek? I mean, growing up, my parents definitely took me to a lot of parks and Mm. everything, but I never knew that you could be a park ranger. I don't know what I was thinking as a kid. There were just people there. Like, I didn't think like, oh, they get paid to be here. It's just, they're rangers. They're just there. But after... (laughs) My first year in college, my dad was like, hey, you need to find a summer job. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I got this, Dad. Shh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so I went out to Dixie State University's career lab and asked the advisor there, like, what can I do for a summer job? And he looked at me. He's like, what do you want to do? It's <laughs> a pretty dry question. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> and I was I knew I wanted to do something in the outdoors, and that's what I told him. So he pointed me to IIC, which is the sticker oh, that yeah. I have here. It's a red outlined sticker, and it has intergovernment internship cooperative. It has a quill and a shovel creating an X with the letter IIC and three of the quadrants. And the last quadrant has a pine tree that looks like a flash drive. And he pointed me in the direction of their website, and their website had jobs with BLM, Park Service, Division of Natural Resources, just a lot of jobs for people to figure out if they wanted to do something with the outdoors. So I looked at it and only found one job I was interested in because it had free housing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Applied to that one, even though that's not the best thing to do. Yeah, usually you want at least especially in the park service, like most people are applying for like 30, 40 jobs sometimes. Yep. I was that crazy person, applied to one, was in the interview process and didn't know what I was doing because they were talking about public speaking. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know if I can talk to 20 people right in my face for an hour to an hour and a half. Like that sounds insane. Yeah. But weren't you like, didn't you do theater and stuff in high school? Yeah, but that's completely different. Mm, like, it seems way scarier to me. <laughs> I mean, it's easier being on stage because you're in a whole new world and the bright lights are on you and no uh, one's there. So you can't see the audience. Mm -hmm. I see. Okay. So you don't know that they're there. And then with Park Service, like you're giving the programs and they're right there. And I was like, no way I can do this. And I was that honest in my interview. I was like, I don't know, but I'm willing to try. <laughs> <laughs> and... Nicole, the supervisor at Great Basin, was like, I'm really loving this. Like, I think you'd be a good fit. And, like, she was excited because she hadn't hired people in a while. Yeah. And next thing I knew, the next day, she gave me the job offer. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so you went from kind of, you know, here you are sitting, sitting in the community room on the north rim of Grand Canyon in your National Park Service uniform in your first season as a ranger. Um, and so this kind of IIC uh, sticker is the entry, kind of your entryway into your career as a park service ranger. Almost definitely. Yeah. Okay. Like, wouldn't be here without it. <laughs> so you went to Great Basin and then I see that you have a Great Basin sticker. What? But what is kind of the next step for you in that journey? Mm -hmm. Definitely getting out to Great Basin, and I was terrified. Oh, yeah. Because it was my first time away from home. Oh, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, oh, my gosh, what if they just hired me and decided that they're going to murder me and leave me there? Like, middle <laughs> of nowhere. No one knows what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Great Basin is way out there for sure. <laughs> yeah. But when I got there, like, I just felt a little excited. I was like, let's see what happens. And, like, next thing I knew, like, working with the other rangers, learning about giving cave tours, roving out in the campgrounds and the different sections of the park. I fell in love with it. Like I didn't know that I'd be passionate about talking to people about what I'm passionate about. Yeah, It's like that excitement. Like you see it the second you start talking to people. 
they know you're passionate about it. So they want to get excited about it. And it just starts this whole flame of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really fun to, to share your passions with other people, especially mm-hmm. sometimes they glaze over and you can tell that they don't want to hear about <laughs> <Yes>. it, <laughs> but, but, that, but that's not always, the, that's most of the time, not the case. So, <laughs> yeah. So that, that whole thing worked out for you, even though you only applied for one job, that's excellent. And being away from home for the first time, how quickly did you kind of adjust to the new lifestyle, like being on your own and out there in such a remote spot? I was in the honeymoon stage for Uh. a long time. (laughs) Like I did not know I was missing home. Uh Like I was enjoying everything, getting my own groceries, making my own food, Having a roommate that wasn't my sister was amazing. (laughs) And like getting to know new people. It was a different social life. Like I got more of like my college experience. Mm, At Great Basin. At Great Basin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can you describe that Great Basin sticker for, for me? Yeah, so it has Great Basin National Park, Gold's Tier International Dark Sky, because their dark skies are one to envy. Yes. And that's one thing, like, you cannot miss when you go to the parks. And it's got a bristlecone pine tree, and those live to, like, 5,000 years old right now. And it's got the Wheeler Peak Mountain Range. Like, you really can't go anywhere without seeing that mountain range in that area. Except in the cave. if you would have told me that I was going to give programs to visitors in a cave for an hour and an hour and a half, like I wouldn't have believed you. Cause like, it's scary to think cause like most people's fear is public speaking. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, like a lot of people are afraid of caves too. Yeah, (laughs) Confined spaces. Yeah. That must've been a challenge, but you certainly overcame it. Would you say that that was like that opportunity to go out to Great Basin was sort of a turning point for you? I mean, most definitely, because when I started college, all I knew is I wanted a degree in botany. I knew I was going to do something with plants Mm -hmm. to know what my dream job was until after my first internship at Great Basin and just fell in love with the idea of hopefully someday getting the full uniform and the cool hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to have that experience so early on because I didn't know what I wanted to do until like years after college. So to have that like near the start of college is, is pretty pretty great so tell me about uh another sticker here on your water bottle so i think the next important sticker would be outdoor leadership academy they're the ones that actually helped me get my red hydro flask through them Ah. and i started working with them throughout college and outdoor leadership academy is a program to help get a diverse students into the park service that you normally wouldn't find Mm -hmm. so it was fun attending those programs i got to go to all five utah national parks the big five sure yeah during a spring break field trip for free wow that's awesome yeah and like learned about grand canyon parachute national monument and how that's run by park service and blm got to go to lake mead national recreation area and like learn about all these different units within the park service that people normally don't know about like who knew that National Park Service and BLM work together to run a monument. Yeah. And for folks listening, BLM is Bureau of Land Management. Yes. (laughs) In this context. Yeah. Yeah. And to get back to describing the sticker, because I totally missed that. 
But at the bottom, it says Outdoor Leadership Academy. And on it, it has a prickly pear cactus and then the St. George Mountain Range with the red rock behind it. Yeah, it's a really nice sticker. And it's sort of emblematic of where you came from, right? Like, that's yeah. that's what St. George looks like. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> Most cool. definitely. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent program. And really exciting that you got to be a part of it. Where did it take you after the the big five national parks and all that. Uh, one of the last trips I did with them was after I transferred and it was different for me because instead of being a student for the trip, I was more of a teacher. Oh, It yeah. was back at Great Basin. So I got to travel back for a fall break during my university. And I got to show students that I had learned so much with about the park and helped them learn about this place that I had fallen fell in love with for three years and it was just yeah. crazy being like oh I know this stuff and you're learning it from me yeah. and like normally I'm with you filling out the paperwork like this is weird yeah yeah so you were kind of the expert in that context huh yeah yeah because you'd spent so much time there was it was it a challenge to be kind of the teacher for all of your peers or did what did it come fairly easy to you it felt a little natural because like I'd been a park ranger there right. for three summers <laughs> So like, it just felt like I was stepping into park ranger mode, but it was still weird because it was people my age. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did you take them on any tours or anything? Did you get to take them into Lehman Cave? Um, One of my park ranger friends led the tour, but I was also on it. Like I was the tell light, but I took them out to Stella and Teresa Lake and out to the Bristle Cones and we explored that area just talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that experience that kind of leadership experience among your peer group did for you? I think it's a moment of being like you're going down the right path, Mm. even though it's like weird having that transition because like at Great Basin, like there were plenty of cave tours where I was leading college groups, like people my age during those summers. Sure. But it wasn't strange because it wasn't people I knew yeah, yeah it was just people that thought I was an authoritarian figure and was like well listen yeah but where it was like peers I worked with it felt a little casual because like I could still have a casual conversation with them right but it was still like I know this stuff and you guys are learning from me which is really cool because it's fun having that with like friends and everything because a lot of friends will ask me about the different parks I've worked at because they want to know before they go. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I know this <laughs> ranger hat on. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, you're sort of the uh, the ambassador to the parks that you've worked at. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then what was it like when you when you left Great Basin? Like for the last, well, not for the last time because I'm sure <laughs> you'll be back Yeah. many times. But I mean, after that trip, was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Because I didn't know what the next steps would be. Mm. I didn't know what my next park would be. I had an idea of what it would be because before I transferred to Utah Valley University, I had seen this internship <laughs> through their capital refilled station. That was with inter... They had an inter internship or resource management one and I was interested in both but I knew that interp was definitely my gig yeah and so like I was getting ready to apply for that before I transferred but I was reading through it and I was like you have to be a student Uh, and I wasn't a current student so I was like okay we'll figure this out 
And my first semester at UVU, I actually got into a class to professor in charge of the internship and the field station and everything. And so, like, I talked to him a little bit and was like, so this internship, and, like, <laughs> got to know a little bit about it. But I was like, this is my next place i'm thinking yeah like capital reef national park don't know what's gonna happen but i know interp like yeah we'll go through there <laughs> totally what was it like when you finally did get to capital reef field station i was first at capital reef field station for my plant ecology class so the professor that was teaching that that was also the director of the field station and it was interesting being in that building because I didn't know parks had field stations. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool because we got to see the petroglyphs there and got to hike around the field station and see the renewable energy and how they're keeping the buildings warm and the solar panels and how effective the field station is and a great learning resource in the park that not a lot of park units have. Yeah. And I do have a sticker from the field station and it has Capitol Reef on it with a pictoglyph of a desert goat with Utah Valley University underneath it. But exploring that area, I was like, yeah, I could be here. <laughs> yeah, that's an incredible landscape. I mean, all that red sandstone. Yes. Canyons. and It definitely felt like home. Because oh, growing up yeah. in St. George with the red rocks. For sure. And then Great Basin just spending all those summers in a more mountain green area uh-huh. and like going to Capitol Reef, I was like, yeah, this, this could be another home. Yeah. <laughs> like it's similar. Yeah, it is. How often did you get pies at the little pie shop there? <laughs> <laughs> I think I got cinnamon rolls more often because uh, okay. their cinnamon rolls are also famous, uh-huh. but I think I got three or four pies and then I couldn't tell you how many cinnamon rolls. <laughs> If I, if I worked there, I would eat, like, a pie a day. Probably. They're so good. <laughs> they really are good. Yeah. And, like, what's nice about living there is, like, we've got our own microwaves at our houses. So, oh, like, we could take yeah. it home and warm it up. That's that's the only sad thing as a visitor is that you don't get a warm pie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds amazing. So what's the next sticker that is, like, the next step in your story here? I mean, I finally made it to Capitol Reef. So I got right? the Capitol Reef sticker. Like, I knew I was, <laughs> I just had so much confidence. I was like, I'm going to do it. And it was like the first interview that I had so much confidence. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm a shoe in. I've got this. <laughs> like, nothing's holding me back. But like most people, like you still have that little hesitant nervousness. Yeah, I was, was going to say, where do you think that confidence came from? <laughs> I think just three summers at Great Basin and knowing, like, I was finally fighting my path and what I wanted to do. Yeah. But it was interesting because the day of the interview was my birthday and like no one knew that. But I got the phone call the next day from him. And with all the paperwork, they eventually found out that the interview day was my birthday. And they're like, if we would have known, we would have told you that day. Oh. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> you knew the day of, but decided to wait till the next day. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. And my capital Reef sticker is in the shape of an NPS arrowhead and it's got the red rocks of Capitol Reef and the different formations there and across mid lower section of it it says Capitol Reef National Park. Is that a condor on there too? 
I don't know. It's probably a turkey vulture, but it looked a lot like a yeah. Thunder. It's so faded right <laughs> yeah. at this point. It's it's clearly been loved a lot. <laughs> yes. How long did you spend at Capitol Reef then? I spent a summer there, and I was at the Ripple Rock Nature Center, and I was working with little kiddos. It was so much fun because I gave a nature talk for kids and a geology program for kids because. Capitol Reef has a geology junior ranger patch that you can get if you attend the program. And so like I'd give the program and how I would do that is I'd string out a tape measure and we'd walk along the timeline talking about when different items appeared uh, yeah. and different rock layers in the park. And we'd get down to like barely anything and show when like humans appeared and all the kids would be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always pretty mind-blowing to mm-hmm. do the kind of physical timeline like that. Yes. Yeah. And then from Capitol Reef, what's the next sticker that we should look at? I mean, after Capitol Reef, there was a gap year because COVID hit and I wanted to finish uh, school early. Yeah. And there's not really. <laughs> no COVID-19 sticker on here. That's, yeah. that's probably fine. <laughs> yeah, there's not a sticker for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like I was heavily in my books mm-hmm. and then October, 2020 is when I started applying to NPS jobs and I was just waiting and hoping, not knowing what I was doing. Cause like it was a whole new hiring process. Yeah. It's inter- really different. Yeah. Like I knew I already had the federal resume cause I had talked to so many coworkers at Great Basin and Capitol Reef and them telling me about like how it has to be very detailed and it's multiple pages and you list everything and anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Federal resumes are generally like 10 or more pages. Yeah. <laughs> which is different from most of the rest of the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that application process like for you? Was it kind of nerve wracking? Did you apply to only one place? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't only apply to one place, which I'm proud Good. of. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be hard with how the applications work. For sure. Because yep. with USA Jobs, they'll have multiple listings and then you'll select into one and then I'll have like the multiple regions. Yeah. And that area and I'll like be, there's 75. You're allowed to select 25 of these. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty odd. Yeah. And so like every Monday of that October was dedicated to specifically turning my application in. Like I didn't do any schoolwork. <laughs> I was like, we're getting my resume in. Cause it did take a little bit of time. Like, I don't know if our Wi-Fi was bad, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was just taking the time, get it in. And then when I was done, I was like, I don't feel like anything else. Yeah. When you're like going through this whole process, like Starting as an intern at Great Basin, being there for three years, being an intern at uh, Capitol Reef National Park, and then moving on to applying for the National Park Service positions. How, like, what was, did you get support from your family in that? Or were they pushing you towards other things? Or, yeah, what was that dynamic like? Oh, my parents were definitely my number one supporters. Oh, awesome. And all of this, like... (laughs) They were the first people I called when I got availability check emails. That's like the first step in the application process and figuring out like what parks are interested. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people tell me like, don't get too excited. Like it may end up being nothing. But I was like, first step. Woo! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. called my parents. Like for me, the first part 
that got to me with three districts was actually Grand Canyon. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was so excited because I hadn't thought about that park. Like you really, I mean, I don't specifically think like this is the park I want to go to because I never know what's going to happen. Sure. I didn't know Great Basin existed. Uh-huh. So it's like one of those things where I was like, yeah, Grand Canyon close to my hometown, like it would be a great place. So like called my parents up like, yeah, I got my first availability check. I think it was Desert View mm, yeah. area that had first sent out a message. And then like quickly after that, Village followed and then North Rim. And I was like, Grand Canyon, <laughs> like, woo, <laughs> don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And with all of it, like my parents were... <laughs> very excited like i'd call them about every availability check email and they'd look into it to see like what that area was about because there were definitely areas we'd never heard of yeah yeah so we were researching these places figuring out like would it be a good option especially since i'd just finishing school would i have enough money to move out to this new place And with all of it, like me going to Great Basin and to Capitol Reef, going on my Ola trips, they were right there supportive and excited about it. Because I know like seasonal life's a little rough and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it can be a challenge. Yeah. And my dad, I know he's had like a little worry about that, but he was definitely excited when I got my (laughs) interview with North Rim And then when I was able to accept the position, he was so stoked. He went and bought a sticker pack Uh that had like a bunch of parks in it. And it also had the NPS Arrowhead that I have Uh in my water bottle. Because, of course, like I've got the internship program I worked with. So Mm -hmm. I've got to have the NPS. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) He was just so stoked. And I even had a Grand Canyon sticker that's had some wear and tear this summer. (laughs) But it's a view from the bottom of the canyon looking up. But, like, just his excitement was so cool to see. Like, yeah, we're going somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And what has your season been like now that it's coming to a close here? How how has it been in your first first official Park Service season wearing the green and gray and badge? (laughs) I mean, it's definitely been an evolving season because like at first I had like imposter syndrome mm. even though like I know with the capital reef one I was like confident and knew I had yeah. that stuff but like coming here seeing everyone uh, getting ready to wear the official uniform was definitely intimidating I was like what am I doing <laughs> like why was I selected especially for north rim of the grand canyon I had friends that wanted to work here too Mm. and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) here I am (laughs) but like over the season it was cool hearing visitors like get excited with me and like talk about how it's my first year in the uniform with the cool hat and everyone would like give a giggle because they're like yeah the hat is cool (laughs) (laughs) the hat is cool yeah (laughs) Yeah, and just talking about it and seeing different visitors faces throughout the season because for some people like when I was a kid I just saw Rangers as being there but for some people it's like a movie novelty and they'll walk up to me and be like are you a real park ranger like can my kid take a picture with you it's like this surprising thing that they don't know but it's like you're real you're a real thing (laughs) and seeing the faces of kids that want to be park rangers when they grow up it's like this realization of like you can do it at any point. Yeah. 
like start putting those stickers it. on your water bottle. Yes. <laughs> and like just trying to encourage people to start at any point because I've had geology professors or people about to retire that are always like, oh, I wish I would have done it when I was your age. And yeah. I'm like, what is stopping you? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, what do you think will be the next sticker you put on this bottle? Um, <laughs> I don't know if it really has space for too many more. <laughs> so I'm thinking I may need to get a second one because yeah. I've been looking for a second one, because I think it'd be cool to continue on yeah. showing it, because the visitors do ask a lot of questions about it, because I do have it out with me. Mm-hmm. And, like, there'll be people my age that are trying to figure out how to get into the park service, and I'm like, I have the story for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is, these are the steps right here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is true that most people start kind of in a similar way to you. I started as an intern. Uh, I started after college as an intern, and uh, yeah, most folks do that in order just to get the experience and learn how to write your 10-page resume. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Hannah, thanks. Is there anything else you want to you wanna add? I mean, I think the biggest thing is to thank all the programs and my parents mm-hmm. for help getting me out there and, like, the college advisor that gave me that, like, what do you want to do question I think was definitely a big step. The Outdoor Leadership Academy and IIC both showing like the outdoors is a possibility and just my parents being there and (laughs) especially this summer just wanting to show off their own little ranger. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're doing an absolutely incredible job in your first season and hope you have many more to come. Now, talking to Jesse about my stickers, I quite enjoyed it. But I didn't want to be the only person talking about the stickers I have. So I went around and asked coworkers and visitors what their sticker stories are and got some neat ones I would like to share with you. I'm Jeff Caton. I'm one of the park rangers here on the North Rim at the Grand Canyon. And I grew up in Kansas. And favorite sticker is on my coffee cup. And it's a painting of the mountains behind my cabin when I worked at Rocky Mountain National Park. And my nephew Mason painted this in school and had a coffee cup made for me. And it's got two mountains, Bone and Baker and the Never Summers with a a small rise between them and a green meadow, which is where I used to live uh, at Rocky. And that's my sticker story. My name is Lisa. And I am from Southern California in North Tustin. And I'm traveling here with my brother, sister, and husband, and our spouses. And you want to know about my stickers? Yeah. Well, my sister got one of these Passport to Your National Parks books where you put a stamp in for each park you visit at the visitor center and i've been to lots and lots of national parks throughout my life and so i thought i'm gonna buy one and start now i'm 60 years old and then after i bought mine and put the stamp in it i think it was zion or bryce um i saw a packet of stickers on the wall for 20 dollars with all of the national parks and well i bought special ones for Zion and Bryce Canyon and put the stamps in. But then 
I started going through all the sticker books and putting the stickers for the parks that I've visited in my past because I didn't know if I'd ever get back to some of these again. And so that's the story of my stickers. And I love all of them because they bring memories back. You know, seeing this Glacier National Park up in Montana is cool because we saw bears there just like the sticker shows. <laughs> and Mesa Verde was just last year and it was neat to see the Native American cliff dwellings, so on and so forth. Hi, my name is Lauren Cisneros. So we're talking about stickers today and on my water bottle, I have plenty of stickers. One of the ones that I wanted to chat about was um, I have a sticker, it says, imagine a world without ALS, cycle to conquer ALS. ALS is a disease called Lou Gehrig's disease. And a few years ago, I helped video an event called the Death Ride Tour, which benefits ALS research. Currently, there's no cure for Luke Eric's disease. Um, and so these stickers were given out to try and remind people that th this disease does exist and to raise awareness for it. Um, I have a friend I lost recently to the disease, unfortunately, and I have another friend with it. Um, so I, wear, I have a sticker on my bottle to remind me of that. Continuing around the corner, <laughs> I have a sticker of what's called a monoskier with uh, enabling technologies on there. Enabling Technologies is a company that creates monoskis, that's for adaptive skiers that are usually paralyzed from the waist down. They usually have pretty good upper body strength. Uh, in the winter months, I teach adaptive skiing and I have a lot of athletes I teach that use this equipment and they shred down the hill, so that's pretty fun. And then one more that I'll share I have a sticker here, it says Island Cycles, Ride the Sandbar. That is a sticker I got when I worked as a bike mechanic last summer um, in Hatteras, Cape Hatteras, North Carolina. <laughs> and it's kind of fun because the biker is riding a wave like a surfer would. Um, and it's just funny because everything there rusts, including plastic. And uh, every bike that came into the shop was just a, ru a rust bucket. <laughs> so. Kind of a pain to work on, but it was a really fun experience and I uh, really love the shop and people I work for. I'm Kathleen Gardner. I'm from Kanab, Utah. I'm a professional photographer out of Kanab, Utah. Um, my, I own a 2021 Crosstrek. Uh, I came up with a design for mountain goats, desert goats. I actually am, my family has always referred to me as a goat and Yagi is the name I came up with to put on my car. It's Japanese for goat. <laughs> so on the one side I have Yami Yagi, which stands for mountain goat, and on the other side I have Saboku Yagi, which is desert goat. And then on the hood I have mountain goat again. So, and it took me a little while. I came up with a design, had to find a wrap place in St. George to be able to cut it out and put it on there for me, but somebody was daring enough to do it for me. They didn't, of course, guarantee anything, but I said, you know, just don't wash it. It should stay on there for a few years, and I was pretty happy with it. It's a very neat, one of a kind. Hi, this is Ranger Dave, um, and I'm here to talk about the stickers on my Nalgene. Um, and I have a lot of different Nalgenes, but the one I'm thinking about is the one I just broke. Um, and it was covered in superhero stickers. Um, and so what I did is I had a group of kids that I mentored through a whole entire ski season. Um, I teach adaptive skiing in the winters. And at the end of the whole um, trip, the whole season, I 
ended up giving them like goodie bags. And in these goodie bags were stickers. And so the kids had all different ones, but one of the kids didn't show up. So I kept his stickers. Um, and so I took those stickers and put them on my bottle um, in different ironic places uh, around the other larger stickers about skiing. Um, and so that's kind of a, a fun little touch that I added, but that Nalgene just broke. I didn't know you could break Nalgene's, but you can. And um, yeah, so that's that's my sticker story. It's all superheroes um, doing funny things. Okay, my name is Ron. I'm from Portland, Oregon. And my bottle, I have a bottle with lots of beer stickers all over my bottle. This bottle does not contain beer. This bottle does contain H2O, alias <laughs> water, but beer is very, I'm very fond of the beers of the great Northwest. And um, it just reminds me when I, every time I take a drink out of my water bottle, it reminds me of the second best drink that I have is beer back in, in Portland, Oregon. So um, I have carry this with me all over the place. I even, I used to be an elementary school teacher and I, I would take it to school until somebody pointed out, you know, you probably shouldn't bring a beer laden bottle to school. And I'd, you know, you're probably right. <laughs> but I'm so used to just toting this thing around. It's just, uh, it's like my left arm or my right arm. So anyway, that's me and my beer, <laughs> but water. Hi, my name is Doug from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I have a vintage 1949 pickup truck. And if you have an old truck, then you have to have an age-appropriate bumper sticker. So I have a political bumper sticker that says, give them hell, Harry, and it says Truman for U.S. president. I made this up myself, stars and stripes, uh, just to kind of have something to date from 1949, the same year as my pickup truck. I also have nine vintage uh, Reproduction National Park uh, stickers, uh, mostly from the 1930s. These are stickers that are eight-sided, and they're about two or three inches across, and they're based on a, a historic uh, windshield decal that park rangers would issue two vehicles when they came in through a checking station and entered the park. I have a Grand Canyon one, which for some reason has a beaver on it of all animals. That's probably the least likely animal that I would associate with Grand Canyon. I have a General Grant uh, sticker with a squirrel on it. I have an Olympic National Park sticker with a Roosevelt elk on it, Natural Bridges National Monument with a picture of a Watchmo Bridge and a rattlesnake, Canyonlands National Park with a bighorn sheep uh, image, Yosemite National Park with half dome and a mountain lion, Grand Teton with a mountain view, a Yellowstone with a bison on it, and Mesa Verde National Park uh, with a coyote on it. And these stickers are all from national parks that I've worked in over the years. So I'm basically, I have a, a resume that drives 60 miles an hour down the road with these stickers that I've worked in. Hearing everyone's sticker story and collecting them was a ton of fun. I just wish I could spend hours collecting everyone's story. In addition to spending hours on telling all my sticker stories. I appreciate the people that were willing to open up about a sticker or a whole theme of stickers that meant a lot to them. 
While I was recording other people's stories, I couldn't help but wonder about memories or values we give to objects. I know this episode was based on stickers, but we all have objects in our lives that help narrate our own story. I love learning and hearing these stories as I talk to visitors and coworkers. And I hope my joyfulness to tell my story with my water bottle never stops, along with my curiosity to hear other people's stories via stickers or other objects. My question to you is what objects or items do you have in your life that help narrate your life story? I'd like to thank Jeffrey Canton, Lisa Figa Coleman, Lauren Cisneros, Caitlin Gardner, Dave Kent, Ron Bagwell, and Doug Crispin for all telling their sticker story. And a special thank you to Jesse Barden for taking the time to sit down with me and record my sticker story. Behind the Scenery is brought to you by the interpretation team at Grand Canyon National Park. We gratefully acknowledge the native peoples on whose ancestral homelands we gather, as well as the diverse and vibrant native communities who make their home here today.